Welcome back to another episode of Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar, and today I have a wonderful guest. This is Eric. I've made my comeback. Yes, and it's another Latino show, so you're only here. You're the mm. Latino expert. Is that how it worked out? Nah. <laughs> I, I usually just go to the guests with like whatever they want to watch. So mm. this, you you were just like, I want to do this. So I was like, for sure, we'll do that. So today we're doing Los Spookies, the new HBO show Spooky. created by. Fred Armisen, Anna Fabrega, mm-hmm. and Julio Torres. So what did you think of the first episode? It was hilarious. I mean, you, you know, because there's a promo about it, and there's like a trailer or two going into these shows. So I think that's what caught my attention more than anything, that it was in Spanish. Mm. And it was like, whoa, HBO is doing this? And then, it, then that kind of started sinking into my head the other day when I was thinking about it for this, that um, HBO is kind of... Excuse me. <laughs> this pathway of doing these kind of shows, it's kind of like a niche audience that kind of grows on you. So they they have, yeah they were already established. Just was like insecure. I think uh, the Terrence Nance one. Yeah. Random acts of flyness. Random acts of flyness. That, like that one is like a. It's a fucking art house show, dude. It's like a. It's like if Key Key and Peel like a Key and Peel college project essentially about blackness. But yeah, I noticed that too, which is interesting because it's like these shows, these shows would never have been made before. Like, no, this would have been like no. an indie, like yeah. super, super indie. Especially this one. This one's soups like really weirdly paced and like. Because well, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, I saw the because now we're talking about it after the season's over. So after like you know going to IMDb and like googling a couple of things, I'm like, damn, I'm like kind of angry at myself because I've been sleeping on. Uh, comedians like Anna and Julio for so long, and now it took a show with Fred for me to be like, "Damn, these fools are hilarious!" And they've been doing it for those, like I don't know how long. Yeah, so Julio I'm familiar with from uh, Two Dub Queens. Okay, it's that pod with like yeah, yeah with Jessica, uh, with Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson. They they <clears throat> they basically give the stage to comedians. It's essentially just like a what like the comedy things. I yeah, no, I've seen some of his stand up from. Um, being yeah, on but like I wasn't. Night. I'm not gonna say I was a fan because it was odd. Like it wasn't. <laughs> it's not like traditional. It's definitely like a, like one of the like uh, improv crowd, like very niche. Not yeah, like traditional pacing, kind of flat jokes. Yeah, very yeah. much like insider. It's very. I mean, in some ways. So I've been thinking about the ways to describe the show, and I think like Nathan Fielder slash Dimitri Martin is, is comes to mind. Mm. Also, like the the kitschiness of the show reminded me a lot of uh, the dude who did Napoleon Dynamite. Pedro? No, no, <laughs> <Is that laughs> his name? no. The, the director who does Napoleon Dynamite, he did not. Oh. Tell me the There's kind of like this kitschy kind of like flatness to yeah. everything, this dryness, and it's it's great to see it surrounded in like Latinidad. Because That's... and what's what's even greater to me is that like Fred Armisen is in it. And he's another one where, like, he has that kitschy kind of style from Portlandia. So yep. this, this almost feels like... I mean, almost all of his characters that he does. Yeah. Yeah. So this feels a little bit, to me, kind of like he was, like, passing the torch. 
And, not, and from the interviews I've seen, both from like HBO, where they, you know, they do behind the scenes interviews and shit like that in YouTube videos, that seems to be very much like the the road they went on with both Anna and Julio kind of like having this idea, and Fred, you know, with his name carrying that weight, being that anchor to like get it out there. Yeah, that's dope, though. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say that I didn't have any issues with it. I think they're. It can be a little grating, the kind of like flatness of the show, or like yeah, the dullness, yeah. but in not a bad way, because I think all the er- other characters kind of like liven it up. Like I think Julio's shtick is, you know, like I'm the sad <laughs> prince of darkness or whatever. But the other, the other characters are the ones who like really sold it for me. Anna's so, character, especially, just yeah, like acting all ditzy and like floaty, and just like doing all these random ass shits. I, I wonder. So okay, okay, we'll get into the the, the, the themes that I want to talk about after. So, a recap of the show is it's it's basically center. It starts off with this this quinceanera that's kind of spooky, and you find out that it was styled by Ronaldo and his friends, and this one priest or pastor, whatever he he's there and Padre. he he sees the darkness and he wants to like enlist them to create another spooky event because there's this other pastor priest who <laughs> is like flamboyant and he's like t- taking all his shine mega church of the pastors yeah so then he he like wants to kind of knock him off and show that he's the, the star I'm old school i can know how to do this shit so they stage this exorcist and exorcism excuse me and then they get another offer for a new job that's mm-hmm. supposed to be so it's like one thing leads to another exactly so it's, it, it, there is kind of that like linear storyline so I think the thing that sticks out the most, you mentioned it, it was like the first thing you mentioned, is the Spanish in the show. How did you feel about... I, so, okay. So, I'm trying to figure out if the show would be as funny if I didn't speak Spanish. No. Because most comedy doesn't translate if, no. you, if you, you know? It's like watching anime. There's like... It's a lot of... I mean, you'll get 90% of it, but the cultural differences is what put like the cherry on top for me. Like... But the fact that it's in Spanish is interesting because it's not like a Mexican show. No. Everyone is like, he's from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Julio. Ana's Spanish? Where's she from? Not from Mexico. Then, Fred Armisen, I think, is Venezuela. He's from, he's from Venezuela, which I think for me in the beginning was like, holy shit, he speaks Spanish. And to me, the person who for <laughs> sure was probably Mexican was Ronaldo. Yeah. The way he talks, you can hear it in like his accent. And mm-hmm. like the way, like the certain words that he uses, kind of like Chilango. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it feels like an amalgam of kind of like Latin American cultures centered in around this like odd chocolate empire <laughs> thing. Because uh, Julio's character, it plays like the heir to this chocolate empire and Wonka wannabe, whatever, <laughs> whatever city that they're in. I don't think that, like, specifics matter in this. It is very much, like, a kind of, like, a created or crafted setting. Like, it's not mm-hmm. situated. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that the show was originally called something about... Let's see, that in Mexico or something like that? Something. It but. used to be, like, centered around Mexico City or, or something like that. But, so, I mean, the first thing that pops out, and the first thing that Karen actually pointed out, she's like, oh, his accent, Julio's accent is a little distracting. Is it? And I was just like, I don't think it's distracting. It's more like, I noticed it, but it doesn't bother me. An accent that, yeah, he's not a natural Spanish speaker? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out, because I'm sure he is, because he was born in, 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 in Salvador. Salvador. But 
there is kind of this. I, I think it is with Fred Armisen too. But there's you know that hesitation you have when you're pocho because I'm pocho as shit. Yeah, yeah. And like I always hesitate because I'm second guessing myself. Like, did I say this right? Or did you pronounce it correctly? Exactly. So I'm trying to figure out if that was like just part of the character or is that just how he speaks? Maybe a little bit of both. Okay. Because I know they also didn't film this in Mexico. I think they filmed it in Chile or somewhere further down south. Oh, okay. For some reason, for maybe production cost or something. If that's like the main thing about the show, do you feel like they nailed that pretty well? Like the the Spanishness? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I thoroughly enjoy on a personal level is watching Spanish language based media. Not necessarily from Mexico, but any other country too. Because in my mind, it works. I'm like, yeah, I'm laughing with the jokes. I'm getting it. it there's no you know lag in terms of like my mind translating things but it, it's kind of like I'm, I'm giving myself you know a workout listening to this kind of spanish because mm. r- rarely am i around folks in here in in la and in, in my community and in, in my group of friends where we can speak that kind of spanish mm. or that i have to speak that kind of spanish okay yeah see i don't know like my i had an interesting i guess we can talk about our personal like journeys with latinidad i mean for you it's a little different for me it was like i inherited my version of latinidad based on my you know where I, how i grew up but also like in school there was very much like the i, w- I was i didn't want to be like a cholo and that was kind of like did, the pro- did you want to be a paisa i didn't want to be that either <laughs> so it was like you know what i mean like it was it was kind of these two dichotomies and i didn't i didn't know where i fit yeah so i think these this show is super interesting because it's like it doesn't fit kind of into either of them and it kind of it does have that like dark kind of you know roquero aesthetic it does it have some like you know dark sense of humor it has that very much like i was in theater i was in band you know that oddness yeah that, like often doesn't it kind of just gets rendered silent which is why you know i, t- I like the movie dope so much because it's about like kind of the nerdy kid who like the nerdy, really, nerdy kid. Yeah, who didn't really fit into Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could have falling into like, oh, you're the, the kid who watches wrestling or watches anime or whatever and shit yeah. like that. But a lot of, I mean, yeah, like nerdiness is so complex and layered. It's not just defined to like one genre. Well, that's why I think this show is so interesting because like they're speaking Spanish. So I'm assuming that it's like because of where they are that that's like everybody speaks Spanish because it doesn't seem... But also not, because I think that there might be an L.A. Oh, with Fred scenes, yeah. Yeah? Where he's playing um, a valet driver. Oh, so he, co- he goes back to yeah. the land of the... <laughs> well, I think they actually go to him. Okay. I mean, that's more toward the end. But that's yeah, because there's only, like, two... One scene in, in English. But what I'm saying is, like... So my, my journey, I guess... not Journey is a stupid way of putting it, but <laughs> my experience with it was, like, I didn't speak Spanish much to my friends like spanish was kind of like uh it was something you did to talk shit but it wasn't something you did to like have a normal conversation communicate like I, we would say things once in a while but it wasn't as like, like these them. dudes are going full-blown spanish yeah like they're speaking the way we would speak in english because i mean that that's obviously their first language but i think that this expands kind of the idea of like latinos or latinidad because it's such a weird kind of show but it's also in spanish so it kind of has like me as someone who who's very pocho and doesn't like speak Spanish 
you but know. you were like you're able to keep up with them, but right? of course, yeah, I can I can understand it and I can keep up. I mean, I can speak Spanish well enough. Like I I just I'm not super confident about it. No, because everybody always makes you feel. I wouldn't put that on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> Even I still put I it do. on mine. I feel proficient. <laughs> I'd be lying. <laughs> so I was. This is what I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out if his Spanish in the show was kind of intentional, or is he supposed to be playing someone who doesn't speak Spanish that well? Julio's character? Yeah. Because mm. he, you know, like, I'm sure he's, like, well-educated. And, yeah, because like, that's what I was going to say. Maybe he's more on that preppy side. Yeah. Because, I mean, his family's for sure, like, loaded. But also, like, I, okay, now I'm jumping around too much. But how do you feel about, like, this class of comedy? Like, this kind of new age? It's not for everybody. No, it isn't. Uh-uh. It's not slapstick. But, uh, I it's think not that, dick and fart jokes. One of the things that this show has over Julio's stand-up, probably, is that there's a lot of, like, gags. Like, mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. comedic, like, uh, on-screen gags that you can just laugh at. Visual. Yeah. I mean, I that's think- one thing I enjoy a lot in terms of movies and TV shows is the, the practical effects. Yeah. And with this, it's that... Uh, what's the, the movie with... um. Most deaf and Jack Black. Be kind, rewind. Yeah, yeah. Level of like That's, practicality. Uh, Michael Gondry. Yeah. Michelle Gondry. So you know, the... so it's very much intentional of like we know it's not like movie realistics, like you know, props and effects. But that's the point, too, because you're like interpreting it and you're just working with what you have with like plastic you know, tubes or aluminum foil. Well, I think that's interesting because, like, if we were to stick to kind of the idea of, like, Latinidad, that is very rascuache. Yeah. Which, to me, kitschiness and things like that is rascuache. It's DIY. Just, it's like the... I mean, because kitsch comes from, like, I think Jewish culture. But, like, I think it worked well, like, the kitschiness worked well for Latinidad, or for, uh, for Nacho Libre, which is kind of like this dry... You know, delivery of, of everything. Lines, gags. Things just kind of fall <laughs> flat, but it's on purpose. But I think it marries so well because a lot of, like, Spanish-speaking media is very over the top. Yeah. There's a there's a lack of subtlety. Big gestures, like, big jokes. So that's that's why I like... I think the show, again, kind of expands that idea of, like, it's not just... The monolith of like, you know, it has to be like Sábado Gigante or like Laura Pico, something where it's just like crazy over the top. Yeah. There are these shows that are really subtle about how they present it, which will turn off a lot of people. I mean, this show honestly should not exist because <laughs> it has it's in Spanish and it's on HBO. It's on HBO. Like who like who's watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? Us, pochos. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think. Like it's such a it's a, it's it blows my mind that the shows exist. I mean, one thing I, I was interested in, and even though I don't have any folks in my circles that I could ask this, is like somebody who's like maybe who's like identifies as being Mexican or like from Mexico, and how would they would see that? How would they would interpret the show? Yeah, that's that's interesting too. I, I was thinking about how it would be as like an international show. Yeah. And would it, like, transfer... Like, because I think comedies transfer through language. Mm-hmm. Like, any speaking, any English speaking can probably get the gist of the jokes. But, like, the reason why comedies are dying nowadays is because there's no market in China for whatever comedy is being... It's, yeah, man. It's re- a different kind of comedy. They, got, they exactly. like their Jackie Chan comedy. Exactly. That's why a lot of the movies that do 
best internationally are big action flicks because you know action is universal dialogue comedy isn't like a seth rogan movie cultural differences yeah it's just it's impossible to kind of like translate all of that so i think that there is a possibility this might do well internationally in spanish-speaking countries i don't know how it would be like a fresa crowd yeah (laughs) or maybe they hate it i don't know i mean i i think i have the closest friend i can ask i don't think she's seen it because she doesn't have hbo okay but like it's 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 such an enigma this show to me like it's a weird show and the fact that it like exists on the level that it exists that's what i love it though no of course yeah yeah that's that's that's, that's that's what that's like what makes it shine but it's such a like I think I just had like a reaction where I was just like, a couple years ago, this there's no way this show could have existed. No, for sure. Like they wouldn't have greenlit this. Like there's no way. Fred, I don't even back then a couple years ago, Fred wasn't carrying the weight he was carrying now. No, this is. I mean, this is like post Portlandia. Portlandia. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of it is like predicated on the fact that he's Fred Armisen. Well, I mean that that to me was my impression that because he, he's in it, his name is on it. That, you know, he can deliver at least a minimum amount of, like, return and investment for HBO and everybody. While Julio, Ana, and other folks are the ones actually behind the scenes, like, writing and uh, producing and, like, really leading it. But it's just, I think he even said it in an interview, you know, he's he wants to support them because he believes in them and he's using his name to do it. Well, it's interesting because also, like, Lauren Michaels produced this Mm. and, like, Lauren Michaels is SNL and Julio used to work at SNL. He used to be a writer. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I kind of like giving it up a little bit to Lauren Michaels. Cause he's been producing a lot of stuff. That's like, it's basically all his alum and he's been producing it. So he's staying kind of on top of like the new shit. Like he, he produced shrill. He produced uh AP bio. So he's, he's producing a lot of huh. stuff that like, you know, it's, 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 being it's making waves like shrill made a lot of waves and i know a lot of people think it's problematic but uh (laughs) this one this one too like i mean he he's pretty much staying on top of like everything in comedy that's like you know subversive or doing something so i i mean for sure this dude has potential because i mean julio torres also like he's he's neat he's niche but it's also like He's been on like Fallon and like yeah, he's all done that. late night. He's, he's done, done all that TV shit. shows. He's, so, I mean, it's been working. He's putting, for him. You know the funny thing? I was YouTubing things to watch about the show with interviews and things like that, and I ran into a video that he did in 2015 where he's fundraising. He literally did a GoFundMe to pay for his immigration fees. Oh shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he called out all the homies, all like the stand-up comies, to like be in a video and basically be like, "Hey, like legalize Julio." <laughs> he's like I need 5G's to pay my shit man I'm trying to figure out how much of his fucking like shtick is trolling like how mm. much of it is if you know how like there's the weird kids but like you kind of like have this in the back of your head where you're just like is he putting it on or is that how he actually is mm. like is he cause I heard he like his, his special is just him talking about his shapes. favorite shape, his favorite yeah. shapes or whatever. Yeah, the HBO special. So I'm trying to figure out how if if he's is this like the biggest fucking troll? Like, is he actually <laughs> laughing at like everybody? Or is really? that just I how he is? He's a little both. I mean, those are the best comedians. Yeah, a little mystery to them. Yeah. All right. So the the next thing I want to talk about, and you have a little more experience, at least we've talked about before this pod, horror and Latinos, and like their relationship to the occult. 
Man, it's the best. I mean, you have. I'm surprised you didn't wear it today, but you have like a hat that says like brujeria or whatever. Yeah. What do you think that means? Witchcraft. No, it's, but you a, band. it's a band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking me what the word means. <laughs> Yo, that's that's what I get all around most yeah. of like 85 percent of the time when you wear that. Somebody said be like, "Yo, brujeria." Yo, my grandma used to do brujeria. That shit's cool, bro. Well, I mean, okay, so if we were to kind of trace the origins of, like, the occult, it, it is what would be considered, like, pagan now, because it's not, mm-hmm. it's 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 rituals that kind of survived the... It's traditions passed down. Col- col- uh, colonization, well, I can't speak. Colonization, colon- god damn it. Colonization. Michelle, edit, medit, edit all that out. Make, make me sound like I know what I'm talking What's about. What's up, Michelle? But yeah, it's, it's very basically much basically like gentrification. <laughs> what the occult? No colonization. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like the it's like the a lot more of culture. It's a lot more uh, murdery and yeah. rapey and deathy. But the, for sure, it's 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 colonization. But what I'm saying is like those kind of things survived, even though you know we we got colonized, and some people still believe it. And it's, it's very much alive and mm-hmm. kind Santa of like muerte. yeah. But I think there are people who celebrate a lot more and i think that this is just a theory i feel like the aesthetic a lot of it comes from like the dark aesthetic it comes from like the rockero kind of like darks what the darks oh there's a meme there's like an old meme about darks what's the dark it's just darkness you're like goth oh yeah yeah, yeah. but like specifically as how it relates to latinos because all the like kind of dark dudes in this are all latino yeah all of them yeah you wear the boots you wear black. I mean, I, can, I wore black for a while, but I, I, for economic reasons, I couldn't pull the look off. But is this supposed to be like, kind of like a, an inside joke or kind of like speaking to Latinos, kind of obsession or fetish with the occult? No, I think it was speaking more to what you were saying earlier about these are the the nerdy nerdy folks, mm. those other folks that are like you kind of admire them for being you know, honest about themselves and what they're about and, and holding that down and being proud of it, even though you, you know, you secretly wish you could be them because, you know, you're going through your own thing and you're not, not yet anyways. So for me, that's, that's kind of how I saw it. It's because mm. they got that mix of like being in theater. They love doing props. They love doing all these like quirky off the, off the bandwagon kind of things yeah. where everybody else would just say, Oh, you and your things that, you know, just kind of play down to it. Yeah. And I think there is that narrative of like, follow your truth. I think it's very like apparent, especially with Fred Armisen's character. Yeah. who's like one tree, one dream in life is like it's to be the best parking parallel, cars, the uh, parallel parking, valet <laughs> Parker, Valley Parker beep, or whatever. Beep. But yeah, I, I think that, I mean, for me in my experience from what I've seen is I think the aesthetic, like kind of the dark clothes, at least the way that it's like transferred now is very much its relationship to music and kind of like mm-hmm. the metal bands that use that like horror aesthetic. Yeah. Let's see what we got. We got Ministry. Like, we you know, like Slayer. Nine Inch Nails. Like all, all those, all those fools who like use like the kind of dark mm-hmm. or even Iron Maiden who, who uses what's, what's I mean, that's name? a little different, but yeah, in the ballpark. Yeah. Well, that's why I was, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with a theory of whether or not the reason why Latinos are so, like, they gravitate so, so much to kind of the, that the sort of music, is it because we had a relationship with the occult growing up? Well, in terms of pop culture, I've never been a stranger to it because of, like, the old wrestling movies. Mm. 
like Del Santo, Blue Demo, and all them fools, yeah. they would be wrestling mummies, vampires, werewolves, swamp creatures. Mm. And then every once in a while, they'll like wrestle KKK and shit. Occultists, like straight up, like wearing a cult, like Rosemary's Baby kind of shit. <laughs> well, see, see, look, I, I, what I think what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to like kind of work out is I feel like Latinos really love scary movies. I do. It's such a it's such an odd thing to me because I was just like, I guess I never noticed it growing up, but I was just like, yeah, it's such a thing where like I think it's a people of color thing. You think so? Yeah, because I mean, you go to other communities and you know everybody's like, yeah, you know, giving their their movie like commentary a la Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, don't go in there, bitch. Yeah. Like, ah, you're gonna get killed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think for for black people, it's like there's a very it very much exists in pop culture where like it's documented as like. This is the way that black people react to yeah. certain movies. But I think for Latinos that like the idea of like Latinos really loving horror, it's not really it doesn't really exist in pop culture in that way. No, it's not interpreted that way. So that's why I think it's so interesting because this show speaks to that. We're like these are literally just nerds obsessed with like horror movies. Horror movies, watching like their favorites. Yeah, they but have, like, like their favorite directors, all that. It does speak some truth about like kind of latino's obsession with horror like and i'm trying to figure out if it's because we were never strangers to kind of like the occult the reason why we gravitate you know that's definitely a part of it i mean in my experiences the way folks who you know were are or were or maybe fall in that spectrum of you know practicing christianity or just like something more western yeah they it's super parallel i mean super different views of how life and death are you know accepted perceived grieved and all of that for for a lot of like folks in latin america death is just like all right peace out see you next time you know we're gonna have a party in in your honor yeah i mean especially if it's it's if it's catholicism yeah because my family was christian and they very much believed in like if you die and you're Christian, you're like, oh my God, this is the yeah. saddest day ever. Um, we got to spend 5000 on a casket. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so like another example. Fool's Gone Wild. They wear this Jason hockey mask. Yeah. Which you would think is kind of like an <laughs> inconspicuous thing, but it very much relates to the occult to me. Like, that's another symbol. It's Americanized. Someone... Yeah. America. Well, I think, I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's a, like a, like a, Pocho kind of thing like it's Maybe because we were so Americanized part of it's an age thing because honestly uh, I would be safe to say that both you and I even though there's like a, a little bit of an age difference we, we grew up with those slasher films yeah. the Freddy Cougars the mm-hmm. Jasons the Candymans yeah. and I for one love that shit as problematic as it is now as an adult like watching back on it for sure but I love that's my favorite genre of like horror movies is body horror. The slasher. Oh, yeah, like, like seeing all the practical effects and all that yeah. shit. The thing is one of my favorite movies. So in that way, do you think that this show is like very much a product of the stuff he grew up with? They, I mean, they, they mean they don't directly say those kind of movies, but they're pointing them out too. They're making references to like Ghostbusters and shit like that. Yeah. You know, they grew up watching a specific genre of movies and they're fans of it and they're devoted of it yeah. and their style and their lifestyle choices and even to an extent their careers and professional lives reflect that. So that's why, you know, one of them's like super good at making props. The other one's super good at like making costumes or like you were jerry-rigging yeah. things. And, but know. I also think it kind of like challenges the idea of like the person who is like the genre fan, like the horror genre fan. 
is not just the person who looks like Ronaldo. Yeah. Like, Julio is gay. Black. Long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Julio is gay. He has, like, colored hair. And then uh, Anna is, like, this kind of, you know, like, aloof. He bounces around. Yeah. So, like, and then the other girl, I forget her name. She's, like, a dentist. So it's kind of consistent. So all of them, exactly. So all of them kind of like challenge the idea of like horror fans, but also just the idea of like, you know, like people who are into this shit aren't always mean. Because I think roqueros are often, they kind of have this demeanor where it's like, they're going to be mean. Kind of like how goths kind of have this demeanor that like stay away. Man, goths are the nicest people I've ever met. So <laughs> when I saw, when I saw Ronaldo in... In the promo, I was like, oh, he's going to be, like, a dick. But then I see him, and I was like, he's, like, the nicest person. Yeah, he's the most genuine, like, outgoing one of the group. And another example, Evil Cooks. Alex Garcia, he he reminds me so much of that, because he has that aesthetic. And when you look at him, I'm just like, oh, he's, he's like, going to be mean. And then you, you talk to him, he's, like, the nicest fucking person in the world. yeah. But he also is very much into, like, the horror kind of, like, roquero, metal, Metalero. thrash. Exactly. But, I, I mean, this is the kind of shit... That speaks to the subtlety of Latinidad, at least as as it pertains to like being, perhaps an American because yeah. it doesn't say it directly. I mean, raise your hand if you grew up with somebody like yelling at you as a kid or threatening you that if you don't behave, Chuck is gonna come and get you. <laughs> That's true. Or or, you Chucky? or la policia. Vamos a decir la policia. <laughs> dude, that shit. That shit was traumatizing us. For real, dude. But yo, man, when I first saw the first Chucky movie. I was living in apartments, and I was, like, maybe 8, 10 years old or some shit. I was, you know, a kid. So I was be having, like, dreams of fucking Chucky climbing up the fucking fire escape or some shit like that. Oh, shit. Mine was, uh... <laughs> so my relationship with kind of the occult... And, I mean, it's also not as just, like, rituals. It's also just, like, what what would be, you know, like, oral history, which is, mm. like, like, La Llorona. Like, everybody kind of tells uh, each don't other. Don't watch that movie. I haven't watched that. I haven't seen it, but I'm saying like the story of La Llorona. Yeah. So for me, it's like real shit. It's like, yo, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's related to like La Malinche. And I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. There was like Pocahontas, a.k.a. Malinche. So that was my relationship to it because we didn't practice any of like the brujeria stuff. But so my my story relating to yours was like every, I forget what day it was. Oh, every Friday the 13th, there was like the... The Yorona would come and flush your toilet. I never heard that so one. So if you would wake up in the night and you heard like multiple toilet flushings, that bitch was like, <laughs> she was dropping a, do- <laughs> she was dropping a fat dude <laughs> using all the toilet paper. <laughs> hey man, they got no bathrooms in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even me, like someone who, I, like I like, I've always liked horror films, but I'm not like someone who's like. I wouldn't call myself like, you know, like an enthusiast because they're. I didn't realize how rabid that fan base oh, was. Oh yeah, man! Until I met like because I went to you're Comic-Con. not going to Fangoria or shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to Comic Con and Elijah Wood apparently is like really big in the genre because he he likes to like produce and help. Frodo. Out. Yeah, yeah. He did like the Greasy Strangler, and it's like just genre movies. Like it's it's a very thriving community. Yeah, but it's just themselves, it's and like that's that's a completely community. different like. I'm not. I'm not there, but I mean, I've always kind of had an interest and kind of liked it and grew up with it. So this kind of speaks to that like sect or like kind of that inheritance of of you know no pop I think, culture. I mean, you just kind of brought that up 
and hit it home for me because how I see them on the TV show and how they're living their lives and what they're going through and all that shit and all the BS of life and trying to balance that and then still trying to make this like group that they're forming make it happen. I'm like that. Yeah. Because a lot of people like see me and they're like, oh, this food's like super weird. He's into like all these random things. But I mean, that's just the way of the world. Yeah, I mean, we're all, we exist in multiple, multiplicities. What is it? If no. I fuck this, if I fuck this quote up, Galindo's going to come and like, tell me, I can't believe you <laughs> fucked up that. What is, well, we exist in multitudes. Yeah. That's the quote. Galindo, thank you very much. Well, anyway, so that's kind of all I had. Anything else you wanted to cover? No, I mean, it's honestly, it's a great show. Really funny. If you are not a native. Hold on, let's let's go into the ratings. Oh. And tell me what oh, you what would you rate? How many TVs? What was it? Five out of ten? Five ten? out of five. Five out of five. If Ooh. you want. Because the last time I was here, I gave what like five? I think you gave it. I think you did. Yeah. For, I, I, I was like ride or die for that. But Charles was very passionate about what I watch. Like what you when you came to me, you're like, let's watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's you know. It was a cartoon, Victor and Valentino. Yeah. But, okay, based on the first episode or the whole season? Just the first episode. It's like three and a half. Okay. So the first episode didn't really... I mean, because it's the first episode. It okay. suffers originitis. Hmm. So, cause, you know, you got to set up everything, kind of introduce everybody, you know, get across the gist of uh, what the, the rest of the season's going to be about. Okay. That's fair. I, for me, it was it was a little higher. I, I I'd say four because I I didn't expect. I so I avoided everything. I didn't watch the trailer. Mm. The only thing I'd seen was the promo picture, and like I was just like, I'm gonna just. Go Yo, on. that shit's. I mean, maybe I should give it a four because the way they make the the logo look like those bookies, it <laughs> shit slaps. Is that what that is? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Dude, the opening song was <laughs> so good. Oh, that's the other thing too, man. The background music. I I mean I. I think I need to go back and rewatch it and just like Shazam a bunch of the songs, but you know, in the in the closed caption it says like synth music playing in the back or some shit like that. It's so good, yeah. When like he gets the call from the padre, that's that's a badass song. But uh, for me, I, I don't know. I, I'd say I'd say four because it, I think that it sets everything up. I mean, it, it's a simple story of just like let's round up the group. But I, I think that a lot of a lot of things that are kind of centered around groups do a poor job of getting them together in the first episode mm. like the boys didn't get them together in the first episode the titans fucking show didn't get them together in the first it episode builds up. it takes a while but like i think this one kind of hits the ground running where it's just like you're gonna meet all the characters in the first episode you see them in their element and yeah. why they're all like banding together and that's that's kind of what i hope for for shows that are about like a group so that worked a lot for me and then i just thought it was genuinely a lot of Fun and really it funny. I, I think that worked to their advantage too. Yeah. The 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 pacing had to move a lot more faster because it's like at most what like twenty five minute show. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, and we don't need to do predictions because it already got renewed. It got second season. Los Spookies returns. But, uh, that's it. Anything this, else? This kind of would have worked if we put it out in October because I fucking love Halloween. True. The same dude. Every year I dress <laughs> up. What are you dressing up as this year? Oh, I don't. Well. Do you dress up? I used to. Also, you're a poser. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> age. And a couple of years ago, my friends still wanted to like get, you know, fucked up and have fun. Yeah. Now they got kids, so they go do that shit. Mm. So my pool of people I can just go get fucked up with and 
costume is like very limited. <laughs> so it's like, all right, what bother? Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna get invited to any parties or anything. So the last time I did get a costume is uh one of those inflatable dinosaur costumes. Okay. And I've been milking that shit for. Have a I ever showed you on my costume? No. I do kind of. Like- <laughs> I do kind of like elaborate costumes. I mean, I, I would want to go over the top and like, you know, make something creative a la Los Spookies or Be Kind Rewind, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, style. Uh, I, I genuinely enjoy all of October and like being on Reddit and seeing everybody's different like, you Costume know, inside joke costumes uh, and shit like that. Or just some like, I mean, I told my girlfriend this and we've been talking about this for like three years now to do the Bart, not the Bart, the, the Lisa and Ralph costumes of mm-hmm. like... Florida and Idaho. Oh, that'd be good. You should do it. I just need a piece of paper. You got to do it. You could do three hole punch gym or whatever. Yeah, you office. know, some basic ass shit. No, I always do like a elaborate. I started so like a I don't know, like five years ago. I did uh, fucking uh, Mia Wallace when she overdoses from oh, Pulp Fiction. So I had like a syringe sticking. <laughs> I've seen a few variables of that. Yeah, yeah. and then like, do we, did you have a wig? I did, yeah. Nice. And then the year after that, I did like Walter White. And then there was one year when me and Karen did, uh, this was two years ago. I did Duck Dodgers and she was like the space cadet, like Porky, the space cadet. Duck Dodgers in the 21st, no, 31st century. Yeah. So we, we, I mean, I, I Halloween's my favorite holiday, so yeah. that's the only one I go all in. It's time to watch, watching like horror movies like 24-7. Yeah. I think I need a rewatch of the thing. Not I want to watch more Cronenberg movies. Yeah. I want to watch Video Drone. I heard it's good. Mm. Oh, man. See, that's super old school, too. And they did it on so, like, little budgets. Man. They really pulled it out. Well, the that's, what, War that's man. the whole idea of, like, uh, Ramney. Sam Ramney. He did Evil Dead 2. And it was mm-hmm. literally Dark just... Man. Oh, man. I fucking love the first two Dark Man movies. I haven't seen it. Oh, oh I've seen so Army good. of Darkness, though. That's the shit. Yeah. Army of Darkness is the shit. Dark Man is pretty violent. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Drag Me to Hell, though, I've seen. Yeah, that was like that just was long. Surprisingly, that was like, dang, it was a surprisingly good movie. Yeah. Where, like, she gets pulled at the at end. Union Station? Like, God, damn. Spoilers. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, watch those spookies. Really fun. Enjoy your October. I don't think you can really make a costume out of their show, huh? Nah, not really. Nah. It's kind of tough. I think the only one who has, like, a consolidated style is Julio's character. Or Ronaldo. But, but then you're just like, oh, what are you, man? Like, what are you, guys? No one's going to know. It's like two people watch this <laughs> show. <laughs> Gotta tell you, I'm like Ronaldo from Los Spookies. <laughs> Let me show you, dude. Watch oh, it fuck my... it. Like, I'll just like dress like Fred Emerson's character and be a uh, valet parking. Yeah. <laughs> and they just walk around and people give me their car keys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes this episode. Thank you, Eric, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, as always. Inviting me to your casa. You know? All right. Rate us on iTunes. Beep, beep. All right. Bye, guys. Peace.